بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان احسن الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار so uh, while we have maybe 15 or 20 minutes before maghrib inshallah uh, we'll just uh, start uh, today's topic by recapping the previous lesson that we had if you recall the previous lesson uh, the previous lesson and today's lesson is connected uh, the previous lesson was regarding the statement of Allah Azawajal in the Quran مَا كَانَ اللَّهِ لِيَذْرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ عَلَى مَا أَنْتُمْ عَلَيْهِ حَدَّى يَمِيزَ الْخَبِيثَ مِنَ الطَّيِّبِ that Allah is not going to leave the believers upon the the way that they are or the state or condition that they are until he separates between the khabith, the vile, and the tayyib. The tayyib meaning the wholesome and the pure. And this indicates the wisdom of Allah Azawajal that he has made, first of all, the dunya in general, the world in general, as a place of trial and tribulation by which the people are put to, put to trial and so that the believer, the mu'min can be separated from the disbeliever and also among the believers the righteous can be separated from the sinful and the disobedient and there are many ayat in the Quran with, with this meaning from them is at the beginning of Surah Al-Ankabut as you know uh, do people think that they will be left upon saying that we believe and that they will not be tested right so this is not possible it is not possible for the people to be left upon the mere statement you know we believe we are believers and that they will not that that, that their iman will not be subject to examination ikhtibar and ibtila so for that reason uh, we see uh, in the ahadith ashaddu nas ibtila'an al-anbiya thumma salihun that the most severely tested of the people are those other prophets and then the righteous then those who are most like them and then those who are most like them and يُبْتَرَ الرَّجُلْ عَلَىٰ حَسَبِ دِينِهِ A man is put to trial to the extent of his religion. So if there is substance, فَإِنْ كَانَ فِي دِينِهِ صَلَابَةٌ If there's substance, essence in his religion, then زِيدَ فِي الْبَلَاءِ He will be increased in the trial and the tribulation. It's an authentic hadith. So clearly, people are not all the same. There are people who have actual essence and substance in their iman they are not hollow they are not empty and so they are put to trial more so than those other than them 
And by way of this continuous uh, trial and tribulation, as we see in the continuation of the, of the, of the passage in Surah Al-Anqabut, in which Allah Zawajal, he said, وَلَقَدْ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ الْكَاذِبِينَ that we indeed put to trial those who were before them and Allah certainly knew those who were truthful and he knew those who were the liars. And as Imam al-Sa'di rahimahullah, he comments upon this ayah and he says that it is from the wisdom of Allah that a person is not left simply to say, I am a believer and a mu'min and you know, who claims Iman for himself, that he leaves them in that state until they are subjected to trials and tribulations. And until that things which, which disturb them in their Iman, like cause, cause disturbance, that basically uh, as a means of trial. And so if this hadn't been the case, then how would the people be distinguished between the believer and the disbeliever the truthful and the uh, untruthful and the muhiq from the mubtil, the one who speaks the truth and uh, adopts the truth from the one who speaks falsehood. However, as the Sheikh says, it is from the sunan of Allah Azawajal, and it is from his uh, rule in creation regarding the first people and likewise in this ummah that he puts them to trial by asarra, things that please you, waddarra, things that harm you and wal-usr wal-yusr and times of difficulty and hardship and also times of ease and plenty and times of things where you uh, things which which you dislike and things which you which you like and times of richness times of poverty and times of where the enemies you know basically they sometimes they they attack you and they subdue you and, you know, and also by, by, by way of putting you to trial, by striving against the enemies with speech and with action and all other types of similar trials. So in essence, if you recall from the last lesson, we also mentioned the statement of Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, in which he mentioned that, uh, basically he mentioned many layers of trials. Everyone is a trial for everybody else. And he mentioned the verse, We made some of you as a trial for others to see whether you are going to have patience. And he mentioned, by way of uh, you know, quickly uh, summarizing, he said that the messengers are sent and they are put to trial by those to whom they are sent. And those to whom the messengers are sent are put to trial by way of the messengers and the scholars are put to trial by way of the ignorant people and similarly the ignorant people are put to trial by way of the scholars uh, to see if they will you know guide themselves by them and so on and so forth the kings are put to trial by way of the subjects and the subjects are put to trial by way of the kings the rich by the poor and the poor by the rich and the weak those of weak, weak means. They are put to trial by the powerful and the powerful by way of the weak. The followed by the followers and the followers by the followed. And 
the owner of the slave by the, the slave and the slave by the by, by the master and men by the women the husband with the wife and wife with the husband and you know the believers with the disbelievers and disbelievers with the believers so in essence everyone is being put to trial by everyone by all these different categories of people and this really uh, brings us to uh, the topic of today, which is the hadith, which we are going to uh, mention, inshallah ta'ala, about how the trials and tribulations will be presented to the people, like, you know, stitch by stitch, like, like a reed mat. Before we come to that hadith, inshallah, after the salah, I just want to mention the meaning of the word fitna. Because the word fitna, or the meaning of the word fitna in the Quran, because the word fitna has come. Uh, first with a linguistic meaning and then it has many other meanings in the Quran there are additional meanings in the Quran so the word fitna uh, the root is fa ta nun and as ibn faris he says aslun sahih yadullu ala abtila wa ikhtibar this is a the root uh, a sound root uh, verb uh, this indicates ibtila and ikhtibar. This is the meaning of fatana, fatana. And from this is fitna. And uh, we say fatantu dhahaba binar that I subjected the gold to trial by way of the fire. Right? So you put gold, you, you, you mine gold, the gold is mixed with many other things you put it to trial with the fire and so what happens is that all of the impurities they are gone and you are left with with you know gold and al-fatan is a shaitan al-fatan is a shaitan and you know so the, these are some of the, the meanings or some of the linguistic uh, meanings And in the Quran, there are eight or nine different usages of the word fitna. So the first one, the word fitna is used for shirk. So shirk is fitna. Fitna is shirk. And Allah Zujal, He said, وَقَاتِلُوهُمْ حَتَّى لَا تَكُونَ فِتْنَةً وَيَكُونَ الدِّينُ كُلُّهُ لِلَّهِ كُلُّهُ لِلَّهِ Fight them until there is no more tribulation, fitna. Fitna here meaning until there is no more shirk. And until the religion is for Allah. Right, so this is one of the applications of the word fitna. Another one is al-ibtila wal-ikhdibar. As we've seen, this is the linguistic meaning. And uh, from the examples of this, is the statement of Allah Azawajal when he said to the mother of Musa alayhi salam uh, when, when, he, when, uh, uh, when, when she took uh, custody of Musa alayhi salam so Allah Azawajal he said فَرَجَعْنَاكَ إِلَىٰ أُمِّكَ كَيْ تَقَرَّ وَلَا تَحْزَن So we then returned you to your mother so that the pleasure may of, of her eye and that she does not grieve وَقَتَلْتَ نَفْسًا and you killed, you know, you uh, 
uh, you killed, uh, you know, you killed a, a soul, and uh, we saved you. وَفَتَنَّاكَ فُتُونَا So he used the word, and we put you to trial. وَفَتَنَّاكَ فُتُونَا Meaning, we put you through ibtila and ikhtibar. So this now is a second meaning in the Qur'an for the word or for the root fitna. The third in the Qur'an is al-adhab. Al-adhab, punishment. So when we use the word fitna, this also refers to uh, punishment. So from the evidence of, of from the evidences of that is the statement of Allah Zawajal. Um, ثم إن ربك للذين هاجروا من بعد ما فتنوا ثم جاهدوا وصبروا. Then your Lord to those who emigrated after they were put to trial, after they were put to trial, meaning they were punished in Makkah at the hands of the people of disbelief. They were subjected to عذاب. So this is a third meaning or the third application of the word fitna. Likewise, al-ihraq bin-nar, which is burning in the fire, this would be in the hell, in the hellfire in the hereafter. The word fitna is also applied to that. As Allah Jal He says, "Yawmahum ala nari." This is uh, in Surah uh, Al-Zariyat, which is the fifty-first surah, verses thirteen. Uh, to, uh, to 14 so here the day on which they will be uh, they will be subjected to the hellfire put to trial with the hellfire taste your fitna taste your fitna this is what you used to try to hasten Meaning you used to say to the prophets and messengers, bring us the punishment if you speak the truth. So this punishment now, this is what you used to you know, try to uh, hasten. So punishment with the fire is also another way that the word fitna is applied, uh, is, you know, it's applied to that meaning. Also al-qatal, which is killing. And this is also mentioned in the Quran in which Allah Azawajal uh, he says uh, in Surah An-Nisa, the fourth chapter, verse 101, uh, he says, So when you set out upon the earth, then there's no harm upon you that you shorten your prayer if you fear that those who disbelieve might put you to trial. Meaning that they might that they might attack you and they might kill you. Also, fitna is asad. Asad meaning that to prevent people from the path of Allah Azawajal. This is fitna. This is this is a trial and tribulation that people are prevented from hearing uh, the message of the messengers. And so this is in Surah Al-Ma'idah, the fifth chapter, verse number forty-nine. Wala tabi ahwa'ahum. وَحْذَرْهُمْ أَنْ يَفْتِنُوكَ Do not follow their desires and beware lest they put you to trial and بَعْدِ مَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ إِلَيْكَ Put you to trial from some of what Allah has revealed to you. So, as-sadd, 
This is to the Messenger of Allah. Do not let the people of disbelief hinder you and stop you and prevent you from that which Allah has revealed upon you. Al-Dalala is another meaning. Misguidance. Misguidance is fitna. وَمَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ فِتْنَتَهُ To whomsoever Allah intends to put to uh, trial, فَلَنْ تَمْلِكَ لَهُ مِنَ اللَّهِ شَيْئًا Then you will not avail him from Allah of anything. So if Allah wants to put someone to trial, meaning to misguide somebody, then no one has any power over that, over that person, you know, to, to, to actually guide him. So Abdalala. Also, the meaning of uh, fitna is applied to people making an excuse, al-ma'dhira. This is on Yawm al-Qiyamah. ثُمَّ لَمْ تَكُنْ فِتْنَتُهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ قَالُوا وَاللَّهِ رَبِّنَا مَا كُنَّا مُشْرِكِينَ this will be an excuse made on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. They will swear, uh, they, will, they, will, they will swear and they will say, By Allah, our Lord, we, we did not used to commit shirk. And this will be an excuse that they will be put to trial with in using this excuse while they know that they, they, are, they, they are lying. They, they are lying. So Al-Ma'dhira, which is making a false excuse, this is also known as fitna, a person being put to trial. Also, al-junoon, al-junoon, madness. This is also one of the meanings to which the word fitna is, is applied. بِأَيِّكُمُ الْمَفْدُونَ Surah Al-Qalam So obviously we know that the people of, 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 of disbelief, they made the accusation against the Messenger of Allah that he is, is majnoon alongside other things, that he is a magician, that he is a poet, that he is mad, you know. Uh, but... Here, in response to that claim, on Yawm Al-Qiyam, it will be said, we will see, Who is the one who is maftoon? Meaning, who is the one who is under junoon, madness? And finally, Al-Ithm. Al-Ithm. Sin. Right? Sin is fitna. The word fitna has been applied to sin. And uh, the example given for that is in Surah At-Tawbah. Surah 9, verse 49. Amongst them are those who say, Give me permission, meaning to keep away from, from battle, and do not put me to trial. Have they not already fallen into uh, tribulation? So, here, this is the sin of abandoning. Uh, fighting with, with, with the Muslims when fighting becomes obligatory when people are dispatched and specified to fight and then they say you know they make this excuse do not put us to trial have they not already been have fallen into trial so sin and disobedience that has also been given the label of fitna so as you can see the word fitna has an original meaning a linguistic meaning which simply means to, uh, to, uh, to, to test and to try and it is like the gold, impure gold which is tried by the fire and it becomes pure then in the same way in the Quran you can see all these different uh, meanings uh, ash-shirk is fitna ibtila, ikhtibar, put to trial, examined punished, uh, punished with the fire, killing Preventing from the path of Allah, being misguided, making false excuses, uh, being disobedient. 
All of these are from the meanings which are applied to the word fitna. So the point being, from all of this and from last week's lesson, every single one of us is subject to a trial every single day. And I think most of us realize, most of us know, that as we pass through the day's activities and the day's interactions, I don't think we hardly ever think, you know, was this a trial or was that a trial or was this interaction a trial or was this a trial? I don't think we really think that. And so inshallah today through the uh, hadith after the salat inshallah ta'ala, we will take some commentary from Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah uh, to benefit from that, you know, with respect to this issue inshallah ta'ala. So we'll break for the prayer and we'll continue afterwards inshallah. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala So in today's short lesson Sheikh Ubaid Hafizahullah Ta'ala he brings commentary from Ibn Al-Qayyim Rahimahullah upon the hadith of Hudayfa bin Al-Yaman this is the famous hadith of Hudayfa bin al-Yaman radiyallahu anhu. And as you know, Hudayfa bin al-Yaman was the companion to whom the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he confided in him many things and taught him many things that would happen of trials and tribulations up until the establishment of the hour. And Hudayfa bin al-Yaman has much knowledge in that respect, including knowledge of uh, hypocrisy and, and hypocrites. And so one of those hadith related by Hudayfa radiallahu anhu is the hadith related by Imam Muslim rahimahullah. And in this hadith, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu الله وسلم, The Messenger of Allah sallallahu الله he said, تُعْرَضُ الْفِتَنُ عَلَى الْقُلُوبِ Tribulations will be presented to the hearts, meaning tests, examinations, tribulations will be presented to the hearts. And so the messenger gave a similitude as to how this will happen. And so if you look at there's a, a mat, a reed mat, how it is stitched systematically, stitch by stitch, right? That's how you, you make a reed mat. So in the same way, sequentially, these trials and tribulations will be presented to the hearts. And in fact, before we continue, this hadith, if you look at the, the, the longer version of this hadith in Sahih Muslim, we find that the narrator, the narrators have, have a discussion and one of them says that this this is like the fitna that this is referring to from where all this will start. It is the death of a man, the killing of a man. And this is a reference to the killing of Uthman radiallahu anhu because uh, the killing of Uthman is known as the first fitna. The first fitna. Right, the first major fitna to uh, bring about like a major tribulation in the ummah, which then led to, to splitting and, and parties forming 
and you know bloodshed and and things of that nature and in fact Hudayfa bin al-Yaman is the very same one who also stated another statement which is mentioned by the likes of Ibn Kathir rahimahullah and others he said awwal al-fitan awwal al-fitan qatlu Uthman the very first tribulation will be the killing of Uthman wa akhirul fitan khurujud dajjal and the last tribulation will be the, 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 the emergence or the appearance of the Dajjal. Right? So this is the same companion who mentioned who has this other statement. So, so as you can see, the context is that there will be a point after which the tribulations will be presented to the people and to the people's hearts. They will, it will be non-stop. They will, they will come one after the other continuously. And uh, the starting point of that, as indicated or alluded in the, in the hadith, appears to be the killing of Uthman radiallahu anhu. And then tribulations will, will come systematically to the ummah and to the individual hearts. So the tribulations will be presented to the hearts like the, you know, like the stitch by which a reed mat is woven, stitch by stitch. فَأَيُّ قَلْبٍ أُشْرِبَهَا نُقِتَتْ فِيهِ نُقْتَةٌ So any heart which then drinks, consumes that tribulation, then there will be a black spot that will be placed upon that heart. وَأَيُّ قَلْبٍ and whichever heart rejects the tribulation, then a white spot will be placed upon it. And this will, this will continue, right? So this is a continuous process. Tribulations are brought to you, to your heart and to the hearts in general. And this continues, continues, continues until the messenger said, until the hearts become of two types, two types of hearts. Qalbin aswad murbadan kalkuzi mujakhiya. That this one heart which is like a, like a black, uh, dusty heart, which is like an overturned vessel. A vessel that's been turned upside down, right? So it's dark, it's black, it's dusty, and it's like it's been reversed the other way around. And then he described some qualities of it, two qualities of it. This type of heart, لا يعرف معروفا ولا ينكر منكرا. This type of heart does not recognize the good, nor does it reject the evil, meaning it, it can't see the good from the evil. It doesn't recognize the good from the evil. And then he said, The only thing it knows is to follow what it has drunk of, of desires, of desire. So this is one type of heart. And then there is the other heart, which is the white heart. No tribulation will harm it. Ma dama tis samawatu wal arab. 
so long as the heavens and the earth remain. Right? So this is the text of the hadith. The essence of it is that the people's hearts will be divided into two. The black and the dusty hearts and the white pure hearts. And so Ibn al-Qayyim has some beautiful commentary and Sheikh Ubaid Hafizullah, he suffices with the, with the commentary of Ibn al-Qayyim. So he says, قَالَ Imam Ibn al-Qayyim فَشَبَّهَ عَرَضَ الْفِتْنِ عَلَى الْقُلُوبِ شَيْئًا فَشَيْئًا كَعَرَضِ عِيدَانِ الْحَسِيرَةِ وَهِيَ طَاقَاتُهَا شَيْئًا فَشَيْئًا So he says that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he gave a similitude, he made a resemblance between how tribulation comes to the hearts successively, bit by bit, similar to how a person like when he when he stitches and he you know weaves a mat and he stitches then it's done bit by bit and he divided the hearts into two types the first heart he says qalbin idha uridat alayhi fitna ushribaha kama yashribu safinj right basically it's one type of heart that whenever tribulation comes this type of heart it 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 drinks it or it soaks it up like a like a safinj so uh, meaning sponge this is the origin of the of the word sponge in english here in arabic safinj so it soaks up the tribulation just like a safinj or a sponge it soaks up the water so some hearts are like this they're always plagued with with with, with tribulations they look for tribulations right anything where it's controversy tribulation, lack of clarity, it's murky, it's this, it's the, the hearts, they just sponge it up, right? Because this is what they seek, they seek tribulation, so they soak it up, soak it up like a sponge. And as a result of this, <clears throat> a black spot is then placed upon that heart. Why? Because it, it drunk and it consumed that tribulation. And he says, it does not cease to keep drinking, in every tribulation that is presented to it until <coughs> until it becomes dark and black and it becomes overturned right and this is the meaning uh, that this is like an overturned vessel meaning it's like overturned so when it becomes black and it reverses then as a result of this two further diseases two further calamities are then subjected to this heart which leads it to destruction right so the messenger of Allah is describing a process here right this type of heart there's a type of individual his 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 heart soaks up all of the tribulations and this continues in his life it might may take many years until the heart becomes black, till it becomes gloomy, and it, 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 it's overturned and reverses the other way around. And it is then that it inherits two fatal diseases. Two diseases which will, which will then kill it completely. The first of them, the first of these diseases, Ibn al-Qayyim mentions, he says, اشتباه المعروف عليه بالمنكر فلا يعرف معروفا he says the first one is that the ma'roof, those things which are good, which we know to be good, 
it will become confused with that which is evil. The evil and the good to, to this type of heart will become confused. So he will not recognize what is good, nor will he reject that which is evil. And the sunnah to him will become confused with the bid'ah. He does not know the bid'ah from the sunnah. And the bid'ah will become, will, will become confused with the sunnah. And haqq, truth with falsehood. And falsehood with truth. Right, so why, why is it the case that this person loses this, this criterion? It is because at the instance in which he should have accepted the truth, you know, repelled the tribulation and accepted the, accepted the truth, he didn't do so. And every time you reject a truth, you reject something which is true, or you refuse to repel a tribulation, you, you, you draw yourself into a shahwa or a shubha, meaning uh, a desire, a lust, or a shubha, meaning a misconception, despite the truth being clear. As we see in the hadith, a black spot is put on the heart. This continues, 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 until you lose any... The criterion has now gone. The criterion between truth and falsehood. What is harmful and what is beneficial. What is good and what is evil. Even what is sunnah and what is bid'ah. Right? Because many people, you present them the truth. Take for example, a jahmi or an ash'ari or a person of kalam. And you explain to him the truth about the origin of his creed. Where his creed came from. What it is founded upon. Why it is incorrect. Why it opposes the guidance of the Messenger of Allah why it opposes what the companions were upon, and you furnish all these evidences, and then he chooses to follow, to blindly follow, his madhab, his doctrine, his school of thought, or his books, or his teachers, or whatever. Right? He, here a black spot is put on his heart to the extent of his, of his denial and his rejection. And then this continues and continues and continues, and then... This person will not be able to see the truth. He will be blinded from seeing the truth. Why? Because he has, he has willfully rejected it and a black spot has been placed upon his heart which makes it hard for him to, to recognize the truth again. That's why he will not recognize the truth and he will not be able to reject the evil. Right? This is how it happens. So he says, so the first of these fatal diseases is ishtibahul ma'roof the good becoming confused with the evil. The sunnah becoming confused with bid'ah. And uh, Ibn al-Qayyim says that perhaps this disease will become so firmly settled in him that un until he starts believing that the good is actually the evil and the evil is actually the good. And the sunnah is bid'ah, and the bid'ah is sunnah, and truth is falsehood, and falsehood is truth. Meaning that this, this lack of clarity is so great, and it has become so firmly settled in this, in, in this person's heart, that now he actually reverses things the other way around. Everything is, is uh, you know, the other way around. So this is the first fatal disease that he will inherit. The second disease is tahkibuhu. So 
So the second fatal disease that will afflict a person who soaks up the trials like a sponge will be that he will then make his hawa, his own desire to be the judge. And it will judge and preside over and above what the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu came with. And he will then follow and submit to and comply with his own desire and follow it rather than following what the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came with. So this now will be the second fatal disease that he will be made to inherit because he is a person who does not repel tribulations and flee from tribulations, rather he soaks them up and enters into them and rejects the truth with respect to them. Now, the second type of heart Ibn al-Qayyim mentions is وَقَلْبٍ abiyad. It is a white heart in which the light of Iman, which has been illuminated by the light of Iman, and it has been illuminated by the, you know, by, by, by the various lamps or the lanterns of Iman, because Iman is light. Iman is light in the heart of a believer. And Iman itself has many lamps, many lanterns, and these comprise whatever Iman comprises, right? So Iman is belief in Allah, the angels, the books, the messengers. Iman is statement with the tongue. Iman is action of, uh, action of the limbs, the prayer, the fasting, the zakah, removing something harmful from the flaw. All of these, these are, these are illuminations of Iman. And, and a heart which is firm upon Iman and istiqamah, and when it is put to trial, it chooses Iman, it chooses taqwa, it chooses obedience, it chooses clarity, it chooses sunnah, it chooses the, the, the right path and the right you know, weigh the right methodology, the right positions, and allies with the people of this type of heart, it is illuminated with, with, with the lamps and the lanterns of, 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 of Iman. And فَإِذَا عُرِدَتْ عَلِيهِ الْفِتْنَةَ أَنْكَرَهَا وَرَدَّهَا فَازْدَادَ نُورُهُ وَإِشْرَاقُهُ وَقُوَّتُهُ So this type of heart, whenever a tribulation comes to it, a trial, a tribulation, which could be a shubha, a misconception, it could be a shahwa, a lust or a desire, then it rejects that tribulation. And as a result, its light, its illumination, its strength and its power increases, becomes stronger. That's why you see people who are strong of heart and people who are weak of heart. Right? You see this in people. There are people who... Uh, have the ability to, to very quickly and rapidly grasp something and hold on to it firmly and they see the truth in that thing and there are other people who are, who are basically confused, deluded and you know, muddled and then they don't know what to hold on to, right? You see this variation among the people. Why is this? What does this return back to? Well, obviously these, these people are doing something in their individual lives the trials are being presented to them. How are they responding to these trials? Right? So these things, this, this, this is true and real. This happens to every one of us. So this type of heart, uh, uh, the, the, you know, it, it increases in its strength, in its iman, in its illumination. And as for the tribulations which are presented to the hearts, 
which are the ones that you know either make some hearts to be sick or they make some hearts to be even stronger right so the heart that soaks up the tribulation that heart only becomes sicker and sicker and sicker and the heart that repels the tribulation that heart only becomes stronger and stronger and stronger until the hearts are basically become two types one over here dark black gloomy overturned confused muddled and the other heart over here so he says what what are these fitan these fitan are of two types the shahawat and the shubuhat right these are the two categories of tribulation the shahawat shahwa is a lust is something to do with pleasure and gain it is the is the physical pleasure which is the hawa it is seeking uh, fame and recognition this is hawa it is seeking power it, this is hawa it is uh, being motivated by wealth this is hawa all of this is 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 hawa right so this is the fitna of of the shahwa of the shahawat and so these types of people uh, you see you you see them uh, sinful muslims being put to trial by by drink and by gambling and by lusts and desires with with fornication with relationships with things like that you see other people being put to trial with mal with wealth uh, from the people of the dunya and even the people who there are there are also people who ascribe you know ascribe uh, who are pretenders they ascribe to ilm and they use the knowledge of the deen as a mean as a stepping stone to increase themselves in wealth and you know just uh, uh, by way of example someone sent me you know a, a screenshot or, or a picture of an individual in the states in you know in the united states uh, this man who calls himself a mufti he says he is a mufti he gives himself the label of a mufti he gives himself the label of a scholar and you know he says come and study under the scholar it will cost you ten thousand dollars ten thousand ten thousand dollars you know click and add to the shopping cart and you can also buy in terms of minutes you know 30 minutes will cost you such and such and you know 60 minutes will be such and such and 65 minutes will be you know 100 dollars on top right? these are people who are playing with the deen of allah azawajal right this is the, these people's hearts have already been put to trial and they can't they can't see the truth right and they are blinded by the dunya from actually seeking the truth so this is an example of the fitna of shahawat shahawat isn't just lusts and desires you know fornicating and having relationships hawa is also relates to fame and fortune and wealth and power and authority right there are people who seek to dominate other people right whether in in in, in the worldly affairs or even in the, in the dun in, in the dini affairs right all of this is hawa this is hawa and people are put to trial by hawa in all these different types of scenarios so beware of these types of people this is shahawat and there is the fitan of shubuhat shubuhat now this is in relation to ilm to knowledge based affairs and you know this is the issue of fitan al-ghay wal-dalal this is now issue of like misguidance right so this is the issue of sins and disobedience the shahawat and the issue of um, you know deviation and misguidance which is the which is the shubuhat so ibn al-qayyim says he mentions different types fitan fitan al-ghay wal-dalal fitan al-ma'asi wal-bid'ah fitan al-zulm wal-jahl 
the tribulation of, of ignorance and oppression. So he says, فَالْأُولَى تُوْجِبُ فَسَادَ الْقَصْدَ وَالْإِرَادَةَ So the first type of tribulation, which is the shahawat, right? This is now the desires. This causes corruption in a person's intention and, and, and desire, right? So if you are going to uh, seek pleasure, seek the world, seek wealth, seek fame, seek authority, all of this is hawa. Right? When, you, when you engage in that, there is going to be corruption in your irada. This is going to be a person with corrupt intentions and corrupt desires. This is a corruption in the heart's desire. And the second one, the fitna of shubuhat, which is the issue of deviation and misguidance, this he says, the second one leads to corruption in knowledge and belief. Knowledge and belief. Right? So these are doubts that come to you about the religion, doubts that come to you about the sunnah, doubts that come to you about the way of the salaf, doubts that come to you about those who are upon the way of the salaf, the, the scholars and those who are upon their way. Doubts that come to you about, about the creed, about the correct creed, about the correct methodology. These doubts come to you and you know if you don't repel them in the right way with knowledge and seeking clarification and, and adhering to the truth this will cause you corruption in ilm and i'tiqad in, in knowledge and in belief this will lead to corruption in your knowledge and your belief so these types of tribulations through historically speaking we know the the, the shubuhat of the khawarij of the kharijites and their misinterpretation of the quran the the shubuhat of the Rafida against the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallam, misinterpreting texts, uh, the Shubuhat of the Qadariya, of the Murji'a, of the Jahmiya, and, and so on and so on and so forth. Every Mubtil who comes and he brings corruption in the affairs of knowledge and belief. So the hearts can also soak up these types of tribulations, right? Like you see many Muslims today, they are soaking up. Uh, what, 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 what the kuffar, what they present uh, of their doctrines and of their ideologies, you know, whether it is, is, is evolution, whether it is all of this social kind of uh, corruption, right? There are Muslims who soak up the, these types of things. And so, so the heart becomes corrupted from the angle of the shubuhat and also the shahawat. And Ibn al-Qayyim then goes on to say, that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they themselves, they divided the hearts into four categories, right? So from all of this discussion, the hadith, we find that there are four categories of hearts. And he says, uh, They divided the hearts into four types. So again, this following statement is also from Hudayfa radiallahu anhu, who is the one who has the, the, you know, the knowledge amongst all the companions of the fitan, of the trials and tribulations. So he said, Al-Qulubu Arba'ah. There are four types of hearts. Qalbun Ajrad Fihi Sirajun Yuzhir. So he says, there is a heart which is Ajrad. What is the meaning of Ajrad? Ajrad meaning that it is 
um, that it is free from anything other than Allah and His pleasure. Right? This is the meaning of ajrad, as Ibn al Qayyim explains. Right? So, this type of heart is empty. There's nothing in this heart except Allah and His Messenger and pleasing, pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the heart seeks. That's all that's in the heart. So, this is the first type. He says, This is the heart of the believer. The next one he says, The heart which is veiled. Veiled. Right? It is aglaf. It, it, it is concealed and veiled. This is the heart of the disbeliever. Heart of the disbeliever. The heart of the disbeliever is veiled and closed because all of the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of the signs that you see you know, around you, uh, which, which should bring about iman, then there is in the heart either kibr, arrogance, jahl, there is, you know, certain diseases that, that are preventing the heart from, 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 you know, uh, from the fitra being, being expressed. Right? So this is the qalb which is aglaf. فَذَلِكَ قَلْبُ الْكَافِرِ وَقَلْبٌ مَنْكُوسٌ مَنْكُوسٌ Then there is a heart which is turned around. It is reversed. It is overturned. فَذَلِكَ قَلْبُ الْمُنَافِقِ This is the heart of the hypocrite. عَرَفَ ثُمَّ أَنْكَرُ وَعَبْصَرَ ثُمَّ عَمَى Why is this though? It is because the heart of the hypocrite, it knew, then it rejected. And it saw, then it became blind. Because this is the nature of hypocrisy, right? With a hypocrite, he, 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 he knows the truth and he rejects the truth whilst falsely claiming it you know, outwardly. And inwardly, you know, he, he's upon disbelief. So he knows the truth, then he denies it. So this is the third type of heart, which is the overturned heart. And this is one of the great dangers, that when you know the truth and you deny it, then you are inheriting, you, you are you're subjecting yourself to inheriting the traits of hypocrisy. And that's why over time, these types of hearts, they, they are put to trial by way of hypocrisy. And then he says, وَقَلْبٌ تُمِدُّهُ مَادَتَانِ مَادَةُ إِمَانُ وَمَادَةُ نِفَاقُ وَهُوَ لِمَا غَلَبَ عَلِيهِ مِنْهُمَا The fourth type of heart is one which has two things which affect it or you know, push it or influence it. There is an aspect of iman or, or you know, something of iman and something of nifaq, hypocrisy. So this type of heart is being tugged and pulled. Right? Sometimes by Iman, sometimes this way by Iman, sometimes by, by hypocrisy in this direction. And he says this type of heart, the ruling upon this type of heart is whatever it, you know, whatever is the, the, uh, the whatever becomes dominant. The thing that becomes dominant in this heart, if it is Iman, dominant over the, the hypocrisy and the signs and traits of hypocrisy, then this, the, the ruling upon this heart, it is overwhelmingly one of Iman. 
And if it is dominated and overwhelmed by hypocrisy, then it is, you know, it, 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 the ruling upon it, it is, it is one of, of hypocrisy. Meaning, meaning it returns back, you know, to, you know, um, one thing or the other. And so this shows that this is the great danger. And, and it is your deeds that determine what type of heart that you have. And so this is, this is a tremendous admonition. Ibn al-Qayyim, he goes on to explain some of the wordings in this uh, statement from Hudayfa. So, qalbun ajrad, qalbun ajrad, the first heart, it is a heart that is mutajarrad. It is, it is free from everything which is besides Allah and His Messenger. Meaning besides obeying Allah and obeying His Messenger and seeking the pleasure of Allah and seeking nothing else. So this person is... Uh, in a sense, he is only seeking the face of Allah in everything that he that he feels, that he says, that he does. He's seeking the pleasure of Allah, and that's why this type of person is free from 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 the shahwa, from the shahwat, right? He's not seeking fame, fortune, pleasure, money, wealth, status, authority, but none of these things. So this type of heart is, you know, it 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 it, it is empty. Only for the truth, and within it, therefore, is a siraj, a lamp, which illuminates. It is the lamp of iman. And why is it, why is it, you know, secure and safe? It is because there is no shubuhat. There's no misconceptions in relation to knowledge and belief, and there's no shahawat. There's no lusts and desires diverting it away from the truth. And so, by way of this lamp that it acquires, it is illuminated by the light of Iman. As for the qalb, which is aghlaf, aghlaf, this is the heart of a disbeliever. And this is because in the heart, it, it is dakhil, uh, you know, it, it has a ghasha and ghilaf, meaning it's like a, uh, like a book cover, the cover for the book, it, you know, you close the book like this and, you know, it's it shut. Right? This is the cover, Ghilaf, of, of the book. Right? And so it's closed. And so the light of Iman cannot enter into this, into, into this, uh, into this heart. And then Ibn al-Qayyim says, كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى حَاكِيًا عَنِ الْيَهُودِ So Allah, He quotes from the Jews who said, وَقَالُوا كُلُوبُنَا غُلْفٍ this is something that the Jews said to the Messenger of Allah when they heard the Quran. They said, "Our hearts are, you know, our hearts are unreceptive. We we don't hear anything, you know. Our hearts are basically the, 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 they are they are sealed off. They're unreceptive to what you're saying. We're not interested. This is what the Yahud said, and uh, you know, uh, he says, you know, uh, he mentions the word wa'aglaf." Uh, these hearts are like, like you know, like they are, they are, they are concealed and sealed. Sheikh Ubaid, Hafizahullah, he just mentions like a quick observation here on the speech of Ibn al Qayyim, rahimullah, because Ibn al Qayyim, rahimullah, he said, So Ibn al Qayyim, he used the word, Allah quoted what the Jews said, and he used the word, so Sheikh Ubaid, he is making an observation on the speech of Ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah. He said, لَوْ قَالَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ مُخْبِرًا 
that if Ibn al-Qayyim had used the word mukhbiran instead of hakiyan, that would have been better. That would have been better. Why is this? It's a subtle point. It's because there are from the people of Bid'ah, from the Ash'aris and the Maturidis, they claim that the Qur'an is not the actual speech of Allah, rather it is a quotation of the speech of Allah. They say this Qur'an that we have, the Arabic Qur'an, is a hikayah. Hikayah. It is a quotation of the Qur'an. It is not the actual Qur'an. So the Arabic Qur'an that we, that we recite, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Right? To the, to, to the end. Right? This is not the actual speech of Allah. It is only a citation and a quotation of the speech of Allah. So they say, Al-Quran, it is a hikayah. This is the saying of, of, of the Maturidis. And, and the, you know, Ash'aris. And they say, the Quran is an ibarah. Ibarah or a hikayah. So instead of... So if you were to say that Allah said, Hakiyan. You know, someone could come along and say, well, just like Allah is quoting the speech of the Yahud, you know, by meaning, without it being the actual speech of the Yahud, then in the same way, the Quran is only just a quotation. It is an ibara. It is an expression. It is a hikai. It is a, it is a citation or a quotation of the, the Qur'an which is with Allah, which is only the meaning. So as an observation, Sheikh Ubaid says, لَوْ قَالَ رَحِمُهُ اللَّهُ مُخْبِرًا لَكَانَ أَوْلَى مِنْ كَلِمَةٍ حَاكِيًا So if Ibn al-Qayyim had said, Allah is informing about the Yahud, that they say, you know, قُلُوبُنَا غُلْف right? if, if he had said, مُخْبِرًا, this would have been better because then some people can come along they can infiltrate and they can enter and they can say, you know, the Maturidis, they say, Al-Quran hikayatun an kalamillah. Right? The Quran is only a quotation of the speech of Allah, just like here what Ibn al-Qayyim said, that when Allah quotes the Yahud, it is only a quotation of what the Yahud said. Anyhow, this is just an observation and it shows uh, Alhamdulillah, Imam Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah is a great, great Imam. And, you know, a person can, can, can have his speech uh, corrected and, 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 you know, an observation uh, by others less than him. Alhamdulillah, and we accept the truth from, from wherever or whoever it comes. Right? So it is more befitting in speech that we say, Allah, Allah says, mukhbiran. Allah informs us about certain such, rather, you know, using the word hakim. In any case, Ibn al-Qayyim continues now. He says, This seal upon the hearts mentioned in that verse of the Yahud, <coughs> this is a veil which Allah has put upon their hearts as a punishment for rejecting the truth and for arrogance, for their arrogance in not, in not accepting it. So, in other words, these are veils on the hearts it is a deafness in the ears and it is a blindness <clears throat> it is a blindness upon the eyes and it is a type of veil that the the eyes can't really see right so so in other words 
there's a type of veil that is upon people that we can't actually see. It is a veil that Allah puts upon their hearing and their seeing and their hearts. Right? It's mentioned at the beginning of, of, you know, of, of Surah Al-Baqarah. Right? That, they, that they, that there's a veil, uh, like a risha, or like there's a veil. Right? So this is something that, that we can't actually see, but it is true and it is real and it is there. What are they veiled from? They are veiled from seeing the truth. They are veiled from recognizing the truth. Right? But this is only a punishment for their prior rejection of the truth. They rejected the truth. The first time it was presented to them, they didn't accept it. And it came to them again, they didn't accept it. Right? And they met it with arrogance and pride and, and rejection and refusal. And then the veil was thrown upon afterwards as a justice and as a punishment from Allah Azza wa Jal. And so this type of veil is mentioned, it's like it is a hijab, uh, which is mentioned in, the, in, the, in Surah uh, Al-Isra, in which Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ جَعَلْنَا بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَ الَّذِينَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْآخِرَةِ حِجَابًا مَسْتُورًا when you recite the Qur'an, we put between you and between those who do not believe in the hereafter, hijaban mastura. There is like an, um, a, a, a hidden barrier, a hidden veil that can't be seen. We put on their hearts, like the, these veils, and we put in their ears, like, like again, a barrier. So this is uh, what happens to these types of hearts, which are filled with, you know, with arrogance and pride. So when Tawheed is mentioned to these types of hearts, and following the Messenger of Allah, these people, they turn on their back and they flee. Right? Because Allah has put veils upon their hearts and their hearing and their seeing as a punishment for their original arrogance and pride right so this is another type of heart so we have the heart of the believer which is ajrad then we have the heart of the disbeliever which is aglaf and then we have the third type of heart which is mankus mankus flipped turned and he says and this is uh, the, the, the heart of a hypocrite as Allah said فَمَا لَكُمْ فِي الْمُنَافِقِينَ فِئَتَيْنِ وَاللَّهُ أَرْكَسَهُمْ بِمَا كَسَبُوا Surah An-Nisa verse 88 What is it with respect to the hypocrites that they are, that, you know, that, that they, are, they are not two parties and Allah has made them to regress to disbelief Allah has made them to return to disbelief أَرْكَسَهُمْ Meaning he's, he's made them turn back and revert to disbelief. Ibn al-Qayyim says he's made them to regress uh, to the falsehood that they used to be upon because of their evil actions that they earned, their futile actions which they earned. So this is the most evil of the hearts and the most vile of the hearts. Why? Because they believe falsehood to be true and um, they ally with the people of falsehood and they believe truth to be falsehood and they show enmity to the people of truth. This is the way of the hypocrites. Inwardly they disbelieve, outwardly they profess Iman, 
inwardly they ally with the people of disbelief and outwardly they pretend to be with the people of belief and in all of this they do so after knowing the truth they knew the truth and they knew the messenger is the messenger and then they thought well hang on if we follow this man we are going to lead our we are going to uh, lose our authority in medina we are going to lose our wealth we're going to lose our status we're going right so they decided well, we have, to, we have to reject Iman, we have to reject the Qur'an, and we'll just pretend to be believers. This is the nature of the people of hypocrisy. They rejected the truth, so thereafter Allah overturned their hearts and you know, made them regress to, to, to disbelief and unable to see truth as truth and falsehood as falsehood. And finally, وَأَشَارَ بِالْقَلْبِ الَّذِي فِيهِ مَا إِلَى الْقَلْبِ الَّذِي لَمْ يَتَمَكَّنْ فِيهِ الْإِيمَانِ The fourth category that he mentioned the heart which is you know which is pulled by two things or has two elements to it he says this is the heart in which iman has not really truly firmly settled right there are many people they they enter into iman but the iman hasn't become firmly rooted and these people are always subject to tribulation they are being tugged one way by Iman, by the people of Iman in this way. So they, they do good deeds upon influence from other people and circumstances they are, they are in. And another time they are being pulled by disbelief and, and you know things of that nature. So Ibn al-Qayyim says, the illumination of Iman hasn't really taken place in the heart of this, of this person. Wherein this person is, you know, he is seeking the pure truth the truth which Allah sent the messenger with, right? So he has an element of this and he has an element which opposes it. And so sometimes this person might actually be closer to disbelief, right? Not actual disbelief, but he's closer to disbelief. And this is what you find with some of the people of hypocrisy, right? Some of them, they, they, they come to the edge of, of disbelief. And... At other times, he is closer to Iman than he is to Kufr. Meaning, overwhelmingly, it's, it's Iman, even though there is like elements of, of you know, hypocrisy and other things in there. What is the ruling on this heart? It is whatever is predominant. And that's what it returns back to. Right? So these are the four types of hearts. You have the hadith of... Um, uh, you, 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 well, in order, you have the hadith, the first hadith that we mentioned. It is the hadith of Ashaddu Nas Bala'an Al Anbiya. Right? The first hadith. The most severely uh, tested people are the prophets and messengers. Right? Sheikh Ubayd didn't mention this hadith. This is, this is another hadith. Right? And a man is put to trial based upon the substance and essence of his, of his, of his iman. Then we see. The second hadith of the hadith of Hudayfa of tribulations being put uh, to the hearts like like a stitch by stitch like a reed mat, and the hearts either soak up the tribulation like a sponge, right, in which they eventually become black and overturned, or they repel the tribulations and they become white, never harmed, so long as the heavens and the earth are, are you know are persist. That's the second hadith. And then the third statement of Hudayfa himself, in which he explains the types of hearts that actually exist. So it's the heart of the pure believer, the heart of the disbeliever, 
the heart of the hypocrite, and then the heart in which Iman hasn't really firmly settled, but it's pulled in different, different directions. And the ruling upon the heart will be whatever is predominant, whatever, you know, whatever is dominating his heart. Finally, the Sheikh uh, Obeid, he comments upon uh, all of this speech, and he just makes one point by saying that um, what is the ruling upon the people of innovation, people of bid'ah? whose innovation does not reach the level of disbelief. What is, where do they fit in? And what is their, their station? What is their position? He says, these people will say that their iman is, is naqis, it is deficient, and you know they enter into the label of iman in general. right? And obviously, because they are from the believers, then they have the right of brotherhood, the general right of brotherhood, Right, so they are still believers. They are still from the people of Iman. So the the tie of Iman is still there. Why? Because their innovation is is not reaching the level of kufr. And he says, as for the people of bid'ah, who, who are upon an innovation which is kufr, which is actual disbelief, right? And so the the ulama from the ulama are those who declare the jahmiya to be you know kufar. Uh, amongst them are those who declare the khawarij to be to be disbelievers, right? So there's obviously a difference of view amongst amongst the ulama with respect to some of these groups. But as as for those whose innovation is a, a disbelief, then they are not from us, and nor are we from them. And you know, um, you know, some of the, some of the people of bid'ah, uh, the sheikh says they have taraddud, you know, they have hesitation. They have doubt, they have confusion, sometimes they're here, sometimes they are there. So perhaps Allah, some of them, Allah, because in their hearts there is the desire for truth. So there are some people of bid'ah, they're upon bid'ah, but they are sincere, they desire the truth. And perhaps some of them, Allah, because he sees in them khair, he will make them, you know, uh, guide them and draw them to the sunnah and bring them to the sunnah. And... As for those for whom, from whom Allah knows other than goodness, maybe he will just leave them and abandon them and that person will remain overwhelmingly upon innovation, right? So, and refuge, we ask Allah for pardon and, and safety. So this brings us to the end of the discussion of this particular hadith of Hudayfa bin al-Yaman, radiallahu anhu. And it brings us an end to, to this, this lesson of ours as well and this topic that we've discussed over the past two, uh, the past two uh, lessons. In essence, the long and the short of it is that it is impossible for us to claim Iman and for us not to be put to trial. This, this is simply not possible. And this shows that every single one of us in his day-to-day -day life is being presented by trials and tribulations, some of those we might not even recognize that we're being put to trial, maybe put to trial by, by the spouse, the husband with the wife, and the wife with the husband, and the, the parents with the children, and maybe interactions that we have. And, you know, we, we don't think about these things. But the reality is that every heart is subjected to trials. And these trials are the trials of shubuhat and shahawat. And the outcome is that there will only be, you know, two types of heart, the white heart or the black heart, or a heart which is neither here nor there, you know, and the ruling will be what is dominant in that heart. So, 
you know, with that, we will conclude our lesson there for today, inshallah. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Well, sorry, the, the people, the people of his beer. The people of his beer. What's like the, the how do we differentiate between them and the uh, actual people of the innovation? The question is about people who uh, claim to be people of the Sunnah and follow the way of the Salaf, but really you see their companionship and their loyalties for the people of, of who are the opposers of his beer. It's very simple. The Messenger of Allah has gave us a clear, clear criterion. A man is upon the Deen, al maru ala dini khalilihi. We judge people by the companionship. We judge people by uh, their allegiances. We judge people who, you know, with respect to who they ally with. And this is a, a, a foundation from the foundations of, of the Sunnah. Allah has made it easy in His religion because, I mean, to give you an example, this is an easy principle for everybody to, to use and follow. Right? You don't need to have ilm in the affair. This is how this is really a mercy upon, upon, upon the people. There's a narration uh, from Imam Ahmed where he's asked about a man you know, who comes to uh, Baghdad and you know, he's said to be a person of the Sunnah. And um, you know, uh, so, so they went to Imam Ahmed and they said, This man, you know, there's a man he's a man of the Sunnah. And uh, Imam Ahmed said to them, Well, who does he visit? Who does he go to? Well, he goes and visits the, the, the people who are, who are the Qadariyah. Who are known to basically who deny the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Ahmad said, Well, this man is a qadari. Full stop, and finished. He's a qadari. If his companionship and the people he, he mixes with, spends his time with, whatever, is the people of qadr, then he's, he's a qadari. So likewise, we apply the same principle. If a man is frequenting the, the tabligh, he sits with them, goes out with them, goes to the masajid, his time is, oh, this is a tabligh. Right? And we apply all of this. This, this, this same principle to, to everybody. So, this is a mercy because maybe there might be many individuals who don't know like, okay, well, what, what are the shubuhat of the Qadariyya or the Jahmiya or the Ash'aris or the Tablighs Ikhwanis, right? He is saved from, from having to know all of the details because he's been given a simple criterion. This man, I see him in the, with the Ikhwanis on their platforms, whatever. He's an Ikhwani, khalas, it's over and done with, I can move on. Right? This is a mercy for the people of the Sunnah. Right? That, that we apply, the, that, that's why these principles are there. Right? So a man is upon the deen of his friend. So these people whom you mentioned, that they claim to be upon the way of the Salaf, and yet we see them, you know, they, 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 are, they are with the... Uh, you know, followers of Al-Hajuri or Halabi or Muhammad Surur or whatever it might be, then we treat them upon, you know, upon their companionship. Simple. There's nothing complex or complicated about that. You know, uh, many, there's many, many narrations from the Salaf uh, with respect to this. Um, you know, implementing this principle that you judge a companion uh, by, his, by his friendship. Uh, to the extent that even some of the Salaf, obviously this is like with respect to the, the like, like evil, evil people of innovation. Like in the time of the Mu'tazila, 
some of the Salaf used to say to their sons that that I see you coming out from the house of a you know sinful woman or whatever or a place where drink alcohol right that is more beloved to me than that I see you coming out of the house of Amr bin Ubaid Amr bin Ubaid was the head of the Mu'tazila right so he didn't want his son to be to be taking knowledge from Amr bin Ubaid and to, to be mixing with him why because Amr bin Ubaid you know they deny Allah's qadr they deny the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they reject the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they call to khuruj against the, the, the sinful uh, rulers. All this evil. Uh, don't mix with that man. You know, and if they saw people mixing with, 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 with you know, the people of innovation, they would, they would suspect them. They would suspect them. Right? So this is, this is a firm principle by which the people of the sunnah are saved. Right? This is why the people of deviation, people of innovation, they hate these principles. They hate these affairs which are from the sunnah. That's why they hate that the books of the Salaf that we read and we study in which these affairs are mentioned and these usul, they hate these books. They, they belittle these books. They don't want the people to know what's in these books. Because in these books is safety for the common person. The common person, if he has a general knowledge, this person is, is, is a Khariji, this person is Ash'ari, this person is Tabli, this person is Khwani. If he has general knowledge, he can then apply these principles to be safe in his religion. He doesn't have to be an alim. He doesn't have to be a scholar. He doesn't have to know all of the detailed, you know, what's wrong with these people, what's, what's the evidences, what are the shibuhat, and have this detailed knowledge. Because this is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Not every person who is upon the way of the salaf, upon the way of the sunnah, is at the same level. There are ulama, deeply rooted scholars. Then there is common people, who basically all they know is, you know, uh, I believe in Allah and His oneness, His names, His attributes, right? And I believe in the angels, the books, the messenger, and I want to get to paradise, and I establish the prayer, and I establish, you know, whatever, and He does the... That's all He wants. Well, that's sufficient for Him, right? Uh, beyond that, He's not capable, or He doesn't have the means, or He doesn't have the resources, or He doesn't have the time, because He's preoccupied. And most people are like that, right? So, so in implementing these usul of the salaf, there is safety for these types of people. I see that person on these platforms mixing with those people. Khalas, that's it. I, I know that you know this person. That's it. End of story. So this is what we apply. This is what we implement uh, for people who make a claim to to you know the Sunnah and Salafiyyah. Uh, there are criterion. There there are just as as in our topic, ikhtibar and imtiyam. We you know. We don't make it a principle in our religion, but if someone makes a claim, then we can evaluate that claim. Do you understand? We don't go out testing, examining people, and you know, what do you say? What do you? We don't. This is not from our way. But if a person, if a claim is made about a person, or he makes a claim, or someone comes, and we don't know anything about him, then, then because of a need, we are able to apply these types of principles. Judge a person by his companionship. Where does he go? Who does he take knowledge from? Who does he sit with? Who does he mix with? Who does he eat with? Who does he whatever? Travel with whatever, right? That we can see what this person is is about. Yeah, and that that is that is from our religion. It's from the the principles of our religion. How how, how can you advise someone who like there's there's people who their aqidah is the aqidah of the Salafi aqidah, but in the manhaj aspect, they you know they oppose the manhaj of the of the Salaf. So they there's that disclosed resemblance. 
No, but then how can they be that? How can they be upon the way of the Salaf then if they oppose the, yeah, the man hajj? When you explain that to somebody, you yeah. say, "Oh, this person he teaches the books, he teaches this book and that book." Yeah. But then the 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 manhaj is like it's it's not it's corrupted. Right. So to the general person, when you try to explain to them, as oh, but this person teaches the same book or this person teaches, how do yeah. you like explain to them like you know that there's a there's a huge difference in aqidah and manhaj is like hand in hand. Well, you have to explain to them that. That it's not just what a man says and what he teaches by which, by which he's evaluated. Simple example. If a man says to his wife, I love you, or a wife says to a husband, I love you, or, or the child, or whatever, right? then do you take it just upon that speech? Or do you say, well, okay, there must be actions that, that, that actually genuinely prove that. Do you understand? So we don't just take a someone merely on his speech. Otherwise, people could make any claim that they wanted. There has to be substance to what you are saying or to what you are teaching. So if someone is teaching the books of the Salaf and the way of the Salaf, whatever, then by necessity it must show in his, in his behavior, right? And so you can just point out to the, these types of people that in his behavior he's opposing what he's teaching. He's contradicting what he... Because if he's teaching from these books of the Salaf, you know, the ones that, 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 that we teach, Usulul Sunnah and so on and so forth, then how can he be acting... In opposition to what he's professing in, 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 you know, in his lessons. Right? Either he doesn't understand, he's ignorant or he doesn't understand, or he's willfully opposing what he knows to be the truth. So either of these two, you shouldn't really take knowledge from him. Right? So he's either like ignorant, he doesn't understand. Like he's reading, teaching something without knowing he's actually opposing it. And he's, so he's jahil. Or he's following his hawa and knowingly opposing the truth because maybe he's got some affiliation with these people or whatever it might be so he's not worthy of being taken knowledge from right so you have to explain to these common people that you know um, if someone came to you wanting to start a business and said I'm trustworthy I'm honest you can trust me do business with me are you going to take him on his word if someone comes to you and says oh, your daughter I'm a righteous pious man give me your daughter in right you're going to take him on his word of course you're not in, in your worldly dealings, you, you apply these principles. It's, you know, it's common sense. You wouldn't think otherwise, would you? Right? So you give these types of examples to the common person that if this man came to you, you, know, you wouldn't just take him on his word, would you? But someone sat, your hereafter is dependent upon what this man is teaching you or where this man is going to lead you. It's Jannah or Nar. And you're not even bothered. It doesn't make sense. Right? Even more so, you should be inquisitive. About finding, okay, where this, you know, what is this man? Can I rely upon him? Does he, uh, you know, put in practice what, 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 he, what he teaches in the masjid, you know, in terms of the, the, the claim of being upon Salavi or whatever? Even more so, you should be concerned about this than, than worldly, worldly affairs. Yeah. Okay, <coughs> inshallah, we'll conclude there.